Welcome to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. This is your host, Jude, and this is where I'll be chatting to you about how to design and create high-quality dance events and creative dance content. I'll be covering topics ranging from fundraising, marketing, production, content creation, design, and so much more so that you can have all the tools and resources you need to stand out and build genuine connections with your audience. Hello everyone, it is me, just me today, and I am back this week to talk to you about how to have an efficient, painless check-in process for your dance event on specifically little to no budget. I want to start by saying that there are many ways to organize your check-in process and there are lots of softwares and systems out there that are probably going to be much better than what I talk about today, but specifically... I really wanted to focus on and talk about some of the processes and systems that I have used for events that have essentially no budget for like some fancy events management software, for example. So I'm also going to be talking about the key pain points you'll have to address for a check-in process as a whole. So whether that's with the systems and processes that I mentioned in this podcast, or you have your own approach for it. And I will also talk about some key mistakes that you want to avoid that I've seen at various events or have experienced at my own events. Um, Also, a little disclaimer before we jump into it. I may sound a little like nasally or stuffy today, and that's just because my allergies are acting up a little bit. So just wanted to give a disclaimer and apologize for that in advance. Um, I didn't want to put off recording this just because of that. So I do apologize if that's annoying to you or whatever. But anyways, so... Before we jump into it, I also just want to briefly discuss why it's important to have an efficient check-in process in the first place. First of all, just imagine that you're going to an event and the first thing you're met with is, you know, rude staff at the check-in. Perhaps the process is super complicated and confusing, they didn't communicate the steps you're supposed to take beforehand, or... Maybe the line is just super long and you're taking forever to get into the venue. Check-in is the first touch point at your event where you're going to interact with all of your attendees. And you want to make sure that you're leaving a good first impression on them. Since this is going to, you know, inform their mindset, their mood, and their entire experience leading into the rest of your event. This also ties back to some of my previous episodes where I've talked about the importance of having a service mindset. As event organizers, we're in the hospitality industry and you wanna make sure that your attendees are having a good experience. So that really does start with your check-in process. So that's my number one reason. Of course, it's also important because it allows you to accurately track data and attendance as well. In other industries, um, people use ROI or profit as a way to measure success, but in marketing and events, it's important that you're also tracking other kinds of data, such as attendance numbers, what kind of attendees, demographics, engagement, and so on. Um, If you're just throwing a one-off event for fun, then maybe this won't be as important to you. But for folks who are wanting to host events for the longer term, this is super important since having data to back up your event and document 
your event will help you with securing sponsorships, grants, and also just with internal reporting to track and measure the success of your events. So lastly, um, especially for battles, you also need to track a list of the folks who are actually competing. So you can't really do that if you don't have some sort of check-in process as well. So those are like the main reasons why I think check-in process is super, super important. Um, so with that being said, let's talk about the key pain points you'll have to address for your check-in process. I'm going to kind of break these down more high level, broad overview, and then um, I will get a little bit more into my specific process on how I address these pain points um, in the events that I put together, as well as some key things that you'll want to avoid that I've seen from you know events that I've been to and things that I've experienced myself. So number one, first thing that you'll need to ensure is that you have a way to accurately track attendance data. One thing that I have seen at some events is people just estimate how many people they think are in the room. And quite frankly, this is by far one of the worst practices I've ever seen um, because there's nothing accurate about that. That's not measurable data. That's just you being like, hmm, I think there's 80 people in the room. And you don't actually know if that's true. And quite frankly, if you go and tell like a sponsor, for example, like, hey, we had, I think approximately 80 people in the room. They're gonna be like, what? Like, you don't know how many people you had at your event? And it's just it's just unprofessional in my opinion. So anyways, don't do that. Um, Even if it's as simple as just keeping a tally of the spectators and the competitors as they check in, you wanna make sure that you're tracking your data and how many attendees you actually have. For me personally, I like to utilize a free digital form such as Google Form or Microsoft Form that folks can fill out. That way we can track other information that we might need such as where folks are coming from, um, if they're out of state for example, or their Instagram username so we can tag them in videos and photos they're featured in from the event and so on. One thing to mention here is that you should always have a privacy statement on any form like this so folks know how and what their data is being used for, whether it's just your own internal eyes that are gonna be looking at it, or if you plan to share that contact information with sponsors or send any marketing emails or anything like that. You just wanna make sure that you're getting consent and that people know that their information is being used in whatever way. So next, um, you'll need to make sure that you have a system for folks to register on site at the event. I usually like to pair this with some sort of system for people to pre-register as well, which will save folks time and make the check-in process much easier overall. However, you'll still wanna have flexibility for folks who show up with guests, for example, people who just show up last minute, or and we all know someone like this, but maybe the person who just didn't read the instructions for pre-registering in advance and showed up and they're like, how do I check in? So you wanna make sure that you have flexibility for that on-site registration process as well. Next, you'll want to make sure that you're managing the flow of your check-in line. The last thing you want is for folks to be lined up out the door for a long time, or worse, you just have like this massive crowd forming around your check-in area or table, which I kind of like to call a bottleneck. Um, 
So there are lots of ways to address this. For one, speeding up your check-in process, whether that's having some sort of pre-registration process or a self-check-in process. You could also stagger arrival times, for example, at our events. Um, we usually like to give folks like an hour for check-in and we'll see people arrive throughout the hour at various uh, stages. And that's just a little bit better instead of having everyone arrive at the same time when the event is supposed to start. So making sure you have that kind of built into your schedule as well. Um, lastly, making sure that you have enough space for your check-in area to avoid people kind of piling up on top of each other and creating that bottleneck. Um, usually the more space you have, the less likely folks will be to, you know, try and cram themselves in and will naturally form a more orderly line. So next, um, pain point number four that you'll want to address is staffing. This is important for multiple reasons. First of all, obviously the more staff that you have assigned to check in, the faster folks can get checked in. So this also helps with that line management that we just talked about. It's also important to make sure that whoever you have on check-in is trained for your particular check-in process. For events that I've worked on, I've always scheduled you know, either a meeting um, with everyone who's working check-in prior to the event, or we've made time during the setup to literally walk through the check-in process and see if anyone has any questions and just make sure everyone is super clear on their role and what they're supposed to be doing there. Making sure um, you're not only very clear on the check-in process, but also like the refund policy, if there are any special guests who get in for free, or any other specific details that may arise is super important as well for your check-in staff. Additionally, you want to make sure the people you select to work your check-in area are hospitable and easy to work with. The last thing that you want is for your attendees to be interacting with someone who's maybe, you know, unintentionally or intentionally just kind of being rude or, you know, I've just, I've personally been to events where people have been a little condescending if I have questions. You just don't, you don't want that. Um, you just want people who are, you know, it's like when you walk into a store and it's like, hi, how are you? Like, you know, that customer service hospitality mindset. I think having that friendly face greeting you when you go to check in instead of like, what's your name? What do you want? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like just like very like straight, like bland. You don't want that. You want people who are friendly and nice and outgoing for your check-in table. So the next pain point that you need to make sure you have an effective system for um, is managing the list of folks who are actually competing in your battle. Personally, I am not a fan of the pen and paper method. I've seen quite a lot of folks do this. Um, and quite frankly, it can lead to all sorts of issues such as, you know, misspellings or maybe when you're copying the list of signups over onto another sheet for your judges and your MC, you might miss a name or put them in the wrong order. It just leaves too much room for human error, quite frankly. So I usually suggest that people do this digitally. Again, a great way to do this is to have some sort of digital form for people to check in. And I typically like to actually bring a printer with me and print the list on site. If this isn't an option for you though, you can always print the list of folks who pre-registered in advance and then manually transfer those who register on site using pen and paper. If you are using the pen and paper method though, it's important to make sure your handwriting is super clear and also have one or two other people like double checking your list to make sure everything's been copied over correctly. Um, so again, I don't, totally recommend that, but I, I get it if that's what you're gonna do. 
Um, just not my personal preference. Um, so next, um, and lastly, actually, my last pain point for your check-in process is payment methods. So I have found in my experience that the more payment methods you can offer folks, the better. Since these days, everyone just seems to have like different apps that they're on and it's not the most consistent. Um, so if you have no budget for your check-in, I usually recommend offering, you know, Venmo, Cash App, maybe Zelle, as well as cash payment options. And you can print out the QR codes for people to scan and pay and put those signs on your check-in table. So it's more accessible for people instead of just having to like, you know, tell them what your Venmo is or whatever. Um, if you do have a bit more budget to spare though, I would recommend getting a Square account. So it's free to sign up for, but um, if you wanna get a Square reader, I think they're like 50 bucks. So with that, you can actually take debit and credit cards. Um, I think it's also nice if you have a website for people to pre-register and purchase their entry in advance since Square actually syncs with most sites as well. So it's a nice way to just kind of keep most of it through one payment method. Um, so just to recap really quickly, um, your key pain points that you'll want to address for your check-in are one, tracking attendance data accurately, two, on-site registration, three, line management and flow, four, staffing, five, your battle competitor list management, and six, your payment methods. So with that being said, I kind of wanna walk you through some of the processes that I've used that are essentially free or just require very minimal budget. Um, I've touched on some of it already, but I think it may be helpful to walk you through essentially step-by-step -step how I do check-in for our events. So the first tool I would recommend to everyone is Airtable. Not sponsored, I just really love Airtable. It's free to use and it's like Excel on crack is how I like to describe it. Um, what's really nice about it is that you can sync a Google form to it which as folks fill it out to register, it will actually automatically populate the fields in your Airtable list. And you can also sort those lists by conditions. So for example, you could have a list for spectators versus battlers. You could have a list of folks who are checked in versus not checked in, or you could have a list of folks who paid in advance. Um, there are lots of ways to organize it. And as you check the boxes for these conditions, for example, let's say, I had my checked in versus not checked in list. The way I would do it is I would have a checkbox that says checked in and I'd have a filter that lists everyone who is unchecked. So once you check that box, it automatically moves them into your checked in list and it takes them off of that not checked in list, um, which you can then export that list and print once your check in has closed. And this will help you avoid having to go through your list and manually filter out folks who just didn't show up or didn't show up on time. Um, Airtable is also great because it is compatible with Excel. So you can actually export data to and from Excel. So for example, if you have people purchasing tickets like through your website um, and you wanna export that list as an Excel file, you can then export that Excel file into Airtable and it will automatically generate that list in Airtable for you. So you don't have to manually type everyone in. Um, again, you can also export your list of, you know, your battlers, your competitors who are checked in and then print copies of those directly. 
which like I mentioned earlier, will actually help you avoid a lot of the potential, you know, human errors you may run into if you're doing this via pen and paper. And it's nice because you can just literally print like, you know, if you have three judges, print three copies and then print an extra copy for your MC and they're all exactly the same. Um, so that's really nice. And it also saves you time because you're not sitting there trying to like hand copy everybody onto paper. So I highly recommend that. The other things that I recommend is utilizing QR codes and signage. The Google form that I mentioned earlier actually does sync to Airtable as well. So not only can you create a link to it for folks to pre-register in advance for your event, and that'll automatically put them into that Airtable for you, but you can also use that link and create a QR code for folks to register on site. Airtable auto-populates almost immediately. So it's a really great way to avoid having to manually export stuff on site as soon as they fill out that form. It'll just automatically sync to your ongoing check-in list. They'll just pop up once they've filled out that form. So I personally like to have these like QR codes placed in several places leading up to the check-in area. So folks have ample opportunity to you know, fill it out while they're in line before they actually arrive at the check-in table. This is really gonna help speed up your check-in process and avoid that, you know, bottleneck issue that I mentioned earlier as well. So QR code signs are a great way um, to just communicate that check-in process and make it really easy for folks before they even get to that table. So you're not sitting there, you know, waiting for someone to register on their phone while they're standing in line. You have to ask them to move the side or anything like that. They are literally already registered by the time they get up there. So it's great. <laughs> um, QR code signs are also great um, for if you're using payment methods such as Zelle, Cash App, or Venmo. Um, that way you're not having to make folks search for your account, but they can just scan and pay as well. So signage honestly is so, so vital. It just helps communicate lots of information and just makes it very clear for folks. Um, so making sure you're utilizing that and putting it in places that people are gonna see and can read. Um, that way it's just very clear and you're not having any confusion throughout your check-in process. Another thing that I've done is I usually have a separate check-in line or table for those who are spectating versus battling. You don't have to do this, but I personally do when the check-in process is slightly different for each, just so it makes things a bit more streamlined. For example, um, at some of our previous events, we actually didn't really track um, the specific data from our spectators. We really only tracked those who were competing because we had them pre-register through that form. Whereas spectators, we just kept a tally mark of how many spectators we had. And so they didn't have to go through that check-in process and it actually made it a lot um, easier for them. So we kind of kept our tables separate for that reason. Um, this year we have actually transitioned into doing tickets through our website. So people have to purchase those tickets in advance. So we're using more of what I discussed about like exporting that into an Excel and then having the Google form for Airtable for people who arrive on site. So that's just a, a few different options, a few different ways that you can do that. And obviously there are plenty of other ways to do it, but that's personally just how I've done it. And it works really, really well, especially when you have staff that know what you're doing. And it just has made everything much more streamlined for us. Um, since we first put our events together to now, our check-in process has become very, very painless. So that's just my process 
Um, but yeah, so lastly, I'd just like to briefly recap some major things that you want to avoid that I've seen in events or have personally experienced myself. So I'm just going to kind of run down this list. I have about 10 things. Um, there are probably more to be honest, but these are like the major ones that I could think of right off the top of my head. And um, I may be recapping some that we've already talked about, but I think they're important. So number one, like I said, pen and paper check-in process is usually something to avoid since it just leaves so much room for human error. Um, also, it's just really tricky if you're trying to like write people down and you have like 10 people in line, it just gets to be a mess. So um, really makes your check-in process a lot slower and I don't recommend it. Number two, guessing your estimated attendees instead of accurately tracking it. Don't recommend that either. It's a terrible idea. At the very minimum, you should be able to keep a tally mark just to get accurate attendance data. Number three, not having enough staff for check-in. For every like 50 attendees you're expecting, you should have at least one person on your check-in table. Um, having a one person check-in, I've literally been in events where we had like 200 to 250 people and it was just me managing check-in and it was the most nightmarish thing I've ever experienced. It's extremely overwhelming. It can be very inefficient. And then you just have people who are like bypassing the check-in process altogether. So I do not recommend that at all. Um, making sure that you have enough staff to actually manage that check-in is super, super vital. Um, number four, not allowing enough time for people to check in. So usually I would recommend having a minimum of at least an hour for your check-in. I think an hour is a really good sweet spot. If you do like 30 minutes, it's not quite enough time. Um, if you do more than that, it's just like lingering for no reason. So I usually recommend an hour for people to arrive and check in. Um, and that way people will stagger their arrival times as well. And you don't have to deal with like the whole crowd of attendees checking in at once. Number five, not distinguishing between folks who are registered versus checked in. Um, you just wanna make sure that you're actually like, if you have a pre-registration process, you wanna make sure that you're actually marking people who have checked in because there will be people who maybe pre-register and just don't show up. We've had that happen before. So I highly recommend making sure you have a process for making sure you have that um, list accurately tracked. Um, and on that note as well, Number six is letting folks register or check in late. This is super unfair to folks who actually arrive on time and I think it actually undermines your process and can cause your event to be disorganized or run late. So I, I just don't recommend letting people check in late. Um, and again, just making sure that you're accurately tracking who's checked in by the time your check-in process is closed. That way, when you're going down the list of competitors, you're not shouting out people and they're just not there. So number seven, having rude or unhelpful check-in staff. You just want to make sure, again, that they're very hospitable, very nice. You don't want someone who, if you have a question or you're confused, they either don't know the answer or they just like are like, I'm too busy, I can't help you. Like, you don't want that. So making sure that you just have staff that are really good and well-trained and that you trust for your check-in system. Number eight, having a really complicated or confusing check-in process, which usually is a result of you not communicating your check-in process frequently or clearly enough. So a lot of this can honestly just be communicated through your signage, like I said before, um, and making sure that your process is very easy for folks. So number nine, 
is not having enough space around your check-in area. Like we said, if you don't have enough space, people are gonna be crowding on top of each other. You're gonna get that bottleneck issue and you just, you wanna avoid that. You wanna have clear lines, um, have it spaced out. And lastly, but not least, number 10, not having enough payment methods that match the type of attendees you are expecting. So making sure you have payment methods that you know that your attendees are going to want and look for. Um, usually at battles specifically, a lot of people want to pay with cash. Um, personally, at other events, I probably wouldn't use cash, but for battles specifically, a lot of folks like cash. So making sure, you know, if that's the case for your event, that you have that payment method available for people. So I hope that this was helpful for you all. Um, I know that, that was probably a lot. I feel like I was just going at it today with the check-in process stuff, but um, honestly, I think it is so, so, so essential. Um, it is one of the things that you just really don't want to mess up. So I highly recommend, you know, making sure you get your check-in process really smooth, really figured out. And that's really going to make a huge different difference because you just don't want that first experience people have coming into your event to be super painful and annoying and slow. So that is all for this episode today. Thank you all for tuning in again. Um, I will be back next week with another guest on my podcast. So look forward to that. Um, if you have not already rated me five stars, please do so because it really helps me out. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much again. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.